The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. That is the voice of John Mann, the lead singer of Spirit of the West, who helped create the soundtrack to countless Canadian parties and celebrations over the past number of years. Uh, Mr. Mann has died, diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's disease when he was 50. Mr. Mann died uh, Wednesday, yesterday in Vancouver. He was 57 years of age. Uh, When he revealed his Alzheimer's diagnosis in 2014 and continued, uh, well, he did reveal it in 2014. He continued to perform with uh, the support of his band and all of it was documented in um, in a in a documentary called Spirit Unforgettable. I don't need to be reminded about what Alzheimer's is like. It's like a white wall, an empty white wall. Quite often we'll go a whole day or he will hardly speak at all. It's who I go to. It's different now. I don't have that voice. That was the voice of John Mann, his wife, his his uh, family members. Uh, in 2015, the World Health Organization reported approximately 47.5 million people worldwide were living with dementia. 7.7 million new diagnoses were being made every year. Now, the disease typically affects people over the age of 65. And I think when you think of that, you think of it as an old person's disease. As a result, um, you know, there is a large gap in dementia research targeting those with early onset dementia, onset before the age of 65, and the challenges faced by their caregivers. Uh, Early onset dementia, Alberta is working to change that. The organization was founded by Bernie Travis in 2011, and Bernie joins us now. Welcome to 630 Ched Studios. Thank you, Jaylen. It's great to be here. Now, you founded this uh, organization um, because of your own experience, the experience um, that uh, you have been going through with your husband over the past number of years. Will you share it with us? Certainly. In, uh, in 2011, my husband was diagnosed with uh, vascular and uh, frontal lobal dementia. And we were totally lost in where to go and how to live our life and find out what we should and shouldn't do. So with that, um, we started as a family becoming very invested in being a student of dementia. Bernie, how old uh, was your husband when he was diagnosed? He would have been, um, let me think, 55. 55 years of age. How many years prior to diagnosis um, was he showing symptoms? Uh, Prior to diagnosis, it would have been 10 years. 10 years. So 45 years of age started to see. And and, and what did you start to notice? Um, That his temperament had changed. Uh, He was a little uh, more short-tempered. But being a redhead, we thought that was normal. (laughs) And I carry red too, so you know. (laughs) Um, But then there was uh, communication skills that were changing and uh, his uh, way of approaching and doing um, communication with people in the trade that we were in and the business we were operating, that was changing. And he, uh, he tended to change things at home in his communication with the 
our children. So with that, there was um, questions, and uh, we weren't sure where we were going uh, with that. So what had happened was is he had an accident, and we were in brain injury, and then we... Eight months later, after the accident, he had a stroke, mm. and then we were in heart and stroke. And in between the two silos, we were caught with no diagnosis of dementia. But this, the signs were there, the changes were there earlier, but not knowing what to look for left us at a huge loss. So it got very complex, very complicated, until uh, we were fortunate enough that um, a lady, when I took him to, uh, it was at that time, Nabus to, um, it would be like a, an afternoon program, yep. said, Bernie, there's something changing, there's something aphasia has set in, uh, even more so, and it isn't, it is, he doesn't belong where he is diagnosed right now. <laughs> One of the challenges, and you've spoken to this, mm -hmm. is getting the diagnosis for early onset because when we look at it and we talk about it, usually after 65, if we're starting to see changes in the 40s, early 50s, are doctors not looking for that or, or they just don't think to think that it could be dementia? Well, first of all, being diagnosed under 65 with dementia is not common. It's very uncommon. Understanding dementia is very difficult as well. And we have got not got enough training to be able to form decisions on the diagnosis of dementia, nor the care mm. that is needed in dementia, whether you're living in continuing care or you're living in the community. So with that, what we find, it's, it, it was really difficult for anyone, even today, still to get the diagnosis soon enough mm. so that we can stabilize that family. So with, with the ODAF, we work together with families to help them stabilize their family. They call us, and we have our Dementia Smart Lifeline where they can call and talk or email, text, uh, meet one-on-one. -on -one. And we will share with them our experience and put them in touch with resources that work for them that we have used, and it's a referral system. So it works really well to address that situation and help streamline and make sure that they're on course for that. So with talking to physicians, if we go back to 2011, our family doctor said, I'm afraid after a mini mental test, I'm afraid it's... Uh, you know, dementia, but you're going to need all the help you can get. So good luck in finding that. Mm, mm. Little did I know he was right. Yeah. He was really right with early onset. Can you explain uh, to, to, to us about the impact on your family? Um, the impact on you, kids, you know, because if 45, 55 years of age, I mean, my gosh, you, you could still have young kids at home. The impact on the caregivers. You... In, in our home, we had young children in our home uh, that were in junior high. We had um, children that were post-secondary and then going into their careers. So we have a large family. We have five biological and three adopted. Oh, wow. So um, it was a struggle. Um, you know, and conversation was the first key in our home that really changed. And the conversation that was needed with their dad and the approach was very important to learn how to do that. And we did very successfully learn that. And what I recommend to everyone is, is that learn the, learn the new language of dementia. 
in communicating, that is so important to keep that person engaged with you. So what does that mean? So that means understanding that it's very difficult to answer the hard questions. So my example would be, where did you go today? I went to work. What did you do at work? I did a radio show. Okay. And if I was to say, how was your day today? What would you tell me? It was pretty good. I had people texting me in puppy pictures. <laughs> Which was easier to answer? The, the first question or the how question? The first question. The what? Yeah. Okay. Typically for a person with dementia, the what is recall of the day, the time that I would have started work, the time that I would have finished work, what I did at work. That would be too complicated to remember. So the question of how, how was your day, is really easy because mm. there's nothing that can be corrected. Yeah. It's how was your day. It's really about you and how you felt your day proceeded. How do you deal with the, with, with the frustrations? Well, again, it goes back to the communication mm -hmm. that you're just touching on. Mm -hmm. I think that's got to be one of the huge, huge frustrations is, is the communication aspect of it. So you're telling us how to do this. But what do you have to remember? Because I, if you don't know this stuff, you could just be totally overwhelmed. You are overwhelmed. And you, you will run into blockers. No matter huge what. blockers, hurdles, closed doors. Um, this is the conversation that needs to change with dementia, is how you connect and engage and have a relationship with that person. So when you do that, you establish, um, as we do, we call ourselves care partners because we still are the partner in mm -hmm. marriage <laughs> that we said I do too, and I'm not the caregiver. And continuing on, I'm the partner in going to see the physician. I'm in the partner in going and asking for uh, home care to come in. I'm the partner in going to look at where the medical life will eventually take us, and that would be into whether it's supportive living or long-term care. I'm the partner when we come to the interdisciplinary group meetings. So that's really important to consider that you are the partner and you maintain that, and your husband is or your wife is that person is that all adult person and you treat them and respect them as an adult person with the communication and using the words how and could you help me mm. could you help me do this mm. or you're going to say can i help you when the problem is is can't button your shirt well i don't want to just reach out and grab i need to ask can i help can I you do it? yeah and i wait for that approval when I wait for that approval and get that approval I've engaged if I went to you right now went to button your shirt up what would you do <laughs> I'd Naturally. probably slap your hands away <laughs> exactly so <laughs> you know we don't think of that yeah when we're the assume that we're the caregiver but as a care partner we it's easier when we position ourselves in that place of being a partner still and asking for permission asking for engagement encouraging the engagement and sharing lots of love and laughter. 
Bernie Travis joining me this afternoon. She is the president of the Early Onset Dementia Alberta Foundation. When it comes to long-term care, when it comes to facilities or a, a, a place when, mm-hmm. when they can no longer stay at home, um, what does that look like in this province? Is there enough space? Is there, um, you know, uh, the proper care? <laughs> That's where our foundation hosts the conference annually, and we're looking to improve what is available. We are doing the best that we can do. Can we do better? Oh, yes, we can. I really, truly believe that we all deserve to live a beautiful life. And a beautiful life with dementia is very possible. You need to work at it. It doesn't come naturally, but it is here. And I can say that because of working in partnership with people, because of having great uh, relationships with um, people internationally uh, that have shared their wealth of knowledge Mm -hmm. to make the difference in understanding dementia and to be able to present the skill sets that you need to adapt. First of all, I need to change so that I can be that person, that partner for my husband, makes the world of difference. And by being a leader, I then can position to share that information with everyone around me and that's the win and the win is is having a facility of care who is interested in learning more from the care partner who really knows that person I love that you say that uh, you believe that it is possible to live a beautiful life with dementia. Uh, I, I, when I read that when I hear you say it it's it's heartfelt in it in its um it just um it's powerful it's very very powerful because i think a lot of people think that this is just a horrific sentence um there's two ways of looking at it yes you can look at it as a sentence but i i looked at my life wasn't here to be a sentence it was here to live a beautiful life and to play forward everything that i know Mm -hmm. and that i can possibly share if that's my goal in life then this is why we live a beautiful life. Anybody who has a goal like that is going to live a beautiful life. You're going to overcome the obstacles. One thing when we were born is we were guaranteed one thing. The one thing that we were guaranteed was change. (laughs) Yet we fear it the most. Mm -hmm. We were born with that. We're very, very resilient, very flexible as an infant to adapt, to change, to our environment, to our circumstances. I've seen that in so many different cases with wonderful people that have been in our home where they have just flourished and become so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I look at our family of dementia and our family is growing and it's getting huge and our conference is growing and everybody who comes to our conference is a champion of dementia and comes into our family. So with that, we we are... dynamic in making these changes happening where we can reach and speak from our heart and be true to our heart and be true to ourselves, and live a beautiful life. If we can go to work and come home with no stress across yeah. <laughs> the table, that's where you want to be. Bernie, you need to take a break here. Uh, there's a lot of research going on and there's some research that you're involved in and let's talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. For sure. Bernie Travis joining me in studio this afternoon. 
We're talking about early onset dementia. Uh, John Mann, that voice that you just heard, the lead singer of Spirit of the West, passed away yesterday at the age of 57. He'd been diagnosed with Alzheimer's when he was uh, 50 years of age. Uh, Bernie, we were uh, wanting to get to this. There's uh, lots of research going on. We don't know necessarily, well, we don't know what causes it. There is no cure, but there is research going on and some work with some support dogs. Right. So... IOTIF is working together with the University of Alberta and the University of Laval in research for a dementia companion dog. So with that, uh, we're looking for persons who would be interested in having a dog or who has a dog to participate in our research. And what our experience at home with that was, was that uh, our dog, Blue, was very, very emotionally intelligent and he could tell me whether my husband was going to have a good day or a bad really? day. Mm-hmm. So if he woke up on my husband's side of the bed and I, and Blue was there in the morning, um, I knew it was going to be an off day. Hmm. However, if Blue slept on my side of the bed <laughs> and was there in the morning, I knew it was going to be a great day. How do people find out more about this and if they want to get involved? Just call us. Just call us? Just call us. 780-863-0730. The website, all you have to do is Google as well, Early Onset uh, Dementia Alberta Foundation. So the website is EODAF, E-O-D-A-F dot com. Um, You have a conference coming up in April as well. We do. Our 7th International uh, Conference is coming up and we're really excited. That is going to be April 30th, May 1st and May 2nd. Uh, Before I let you go, um, how's your husband doing now? You talked about Sunday with me. Oh, we have we have beautiful moments, and then we have moments that uh, he's got a timeout. Mm-hmm. And so, with the beautiful moments, I could um, say to him, Clarence, would you like some roast beef? And he'll say, Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll ask him if he would like a drink, and he'd go, Yep. And most importantly, when I walk in, he's ready to give me a kiss. And those are our good good moments that we share. So. But um, at this time, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, John's family and uh, what a hero for us. He led with ability his life. And uh, we are very fortunate to have heroes in our, in our group of uh, persons with dementia who is strong and live with passion their lifetime that they're here with us. And so I'd like to say thank you. Thank you, John, for everything for being a leader in change. Bernie, I want to thank you for sharing your story and joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you.